You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Anthony Kazenza here with my guy, John Sheeran, to talk to you all about a big Bengals dub. It was a little late last night, so my apologies. Normally, I do a post-game show and wrap that up, but we, man, it was just late, and uh, I was doing a little more on the typing side last night for CincyJungle.com, so we didn't get to it, but we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today, breaking down this game, kind of wrap a little bit of the post-game show into our Aftermath episode. Again, I'm Anthony. He is John. John, what's what's good, my br- my brother? It's going great, man. I had an intro planned out in case we had to we had to audible. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm okay not using it though. But I just I just wanted to ask, like the audience, like where were they? You know, September nineteenth, two thousand and four. Like, what was going on in their life? Because that was the last time the Bengals won a regular season Sunday night football game. Pat Summerall was on the call. It's That's how long ago it was. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's Crazy. unbelievable. Uh, you, I saw your picture that you put on Twitter about that, and I was like, "Wow, man, that that crew." Um, you know, Paul McGuire, I think, and uh, man, I just yeah, I, a long, long time coming. That is for sure. Sunday night has not been kind to the Bengals, and it's usually against teams that are like you know they're big rivals and whatnot. This is becoming a big rivalry between these two teams. But this is kind of where I wanted to start the conversation. Uh, Cause we'll, we'll dive into the weeds and performances and all that kind of stuff a little bit too. But I had a thought last night and then I saw Chris Sims who does stuff for NBC sports and pro football talk kind of uh, take my thought and put it in a, into a tweet. I had, I had a thought last night, John, where I said, you know, is this the Bengals just being a, a better, just a better all around football team, a better, you know, top to bottom, better, you know, Burrow, you know, you have your Burrow Allen debate, which quarterback is better. And, and you just go across the board and you say, the Bengals are just the better team. Or is it just, man, it's kind of like the Bengals and the Browns where they, these just the matchup, the personnel, the style of play that Buffalo likes to, to do just does not match up well against the Bengals offense and, and what the defense, what the Bengals defense is able to do hit and, and harass Josh Allen. It's a good question because I think, Right now, the Bills, just like the 49ers are when 
you know, last week happened. They're going through some type of a defensive crisis, and we talked about that. Matt Milano, Daquan Jones not being out there. It's completely altered, you know, how well the Bills are doing. Like, Milano's impact is actually just quantifiably nuts, honestly. Like, the splits between him being out there and not is pretty big. But also, you know, I think it was Sims who was talking about last night. The Bills just rarely go man-to-man with their cornerbacks. They like to stay back in zone. And that's just a death sentence when you have the Bengals offense playing the way that they're doing. So I, I think par- it's probably a little bit of both, honestly. Like, I think the Bengals are just they're probably just a, a tier above the Bills, honestly. And that's not like to take away anything from the Bills are. But, you know, they're they're going through some struggles right now. And I think Allen's just more prone to making those mistakes and maybe having more of a dud of a game compared to Burrow's more stable and consistency and everything like that. Even though we saw last night, there were a handful of moments where we're like, yeah, that's what Josh Allen can do if you just give him the tiniest amount of a window to throw it into. So I would say that the Bengals are just slightly better than, than the Bills. But also, yeah, it's not the greatest matchup for them either. It's not the greatest matchup. I will say, I mean, I, this felt to me, um, and I know this was a point you wanted to talk about. This game felt to me a lot like the 49ers game in a lot of different ways. The Bengals mm-hmm. offense kind of having their way with with the Bills and, uh, you know, the defense kind of stifling things. But it also, to me, John, again, this score did not indicate how close or not close that this game was. I felt that the Bengals had this pretty well handled um, around halftime. I mean, I, I, I just felt that they were just – even with Jamar Chase being corralled a bit, um, they, it, the Bengals were just kind of doing what they wanted in this. And, uh, you know, I mean, there was a couple moments where, you you know, you felt the Bills were moving, you know, when, when Kincaid fumbled that ball in the red zone, you know, they were kind of getting into score there. But for the most part, I felt that the Bengals just were, were completely in control uh, of this game. In a pretty positive way, Bengals games are becoming predictable. And th- this is it's good because I-, I think for the most part, they're playing good football, but it's also a bit concerning in case the other team, you know, starts to, to put their foot on the gas and in-, in parts where the Bengals are just kind of slacking a little bit. It's the opening script is typically called the first 15 plays of the opening two drives of the game in the first in the last four games. Now, four wins in the row for the Bengals, their opening scripts have resulted in seven touchdowns and a field goal, right? And then I don't know, there's not a label for the two drives that follow the, the opening script, but in drives three and four in the past four games, the Bengals have six punts, a missed field goal, and a fumble, right? They enter this lull after starting the game so hot, it gives them a cushion for their defense to play well enough and maintain that lead, but they keep running into these very, very you know, just unexplainable, like, just lulls with their offense now last night a lot of it was penalties and particularly pre-snap which is not a good thing to do when you're especially when you're playing at home it's honestly just inexcusable and i'm sure the coaches kind of expressed that as well but you play well enough on offense to start the game or then they kind of disappear in the second and third quarter but then they finish well if their defense allows them to hold the lead honestly their offense is like the reverse of a bell curve where like they start really well they go down a little bit and then they finish pretty well of like the standardized belt curve where it's kind of like uh, up in the middle or, or whatever so yeah it, it's just it's just how it's been going for the past few weeks and it's worked out but i think they still need to hit that next that next level to really dominate the meat of these games in case you know the defense has a, a down week or so so this is what i I've, i thought this was a game for a lot of people who were uh you've seen a lot of uh good stuff in the um 
in the chat here, who days and whatnot. Um, the you know this this game for me this was a, a game for the people um, who have been critical of Brian Callahan, Zach Taylor, and the way that they there, there are still criticisms in this game. Some people thought that they should have been a little more aggressive on some of those fourth down plays, etc. But I feel like this was a game that was. <laughs> masterful in so many ways um you wanted to talk about the tight end performance and we should uh that group's performance because it was it was pretty epic um and we it took it took a village right i mean it was it was three of them that, that were combining to make plays there but you know it, all the talk you know again the Bengals had a plan where okay you know what of course we want to try and get the ball to chase of course we want to try and get t higgins involved but chase was bottled up as we mentioned and so that caused the Bengals to pivot and they had good plans in place on those pivots you know t higgins 100 yard game the three tight ends two touchdowns and over 100 yards receiving so you know i i'd, I'd like to think that that was uh, at least an intentionally well laid out backup plan to chase not doing what he has been doing um so for me that that puts a feather in the cap to the coaching staff making some good adjustments and, and making sure that everybody was kind of primed and ready to go and, and ready to have their number called. Man, I really wish they listened to this podcast so they just hear me just slander the crap out of the tight end room for the past week. <laughs> I mean, who, who could have expected that, right? 101 uh, yards, uh, 10 receptions out of that trio. Drew Sample made a guy miss and scored a touchdown. You know, like the, it's, He almost stumbled. He almost stumbled. Did you see he it? Did he, almost kind of he did almost stumble. <laughs> but Irv Smith, I mean, like that that corner around the end zone that's why they signed him like like the athleticism to separate there and then the high point the ball like that's 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 textbook that's what they've needed so desperately out of this position group i think tanner hudson played he obviously played very well um he had his opportunities and i think he took advantage of just being on the roster now for the first time but the pat the first you know several weeks of the season the problem was it was just jamar chase and no one else like they it's not like they weren't giving t higgins and tyler boyd opportunities to be those complimentary receivers and unfortunately higgins just started the season slow you know boyd wasn't really that great either in, in the first few weeks but this was a very confident t higgins out there i think he was one of the best receivers this week against man coverage he was dominant in those situations and he had those one-on-one opportunities because brian callahan said that the bills had a very aggressive plan to just contain jamar chase and he had some troubles against dane jackson who played phenomenally but t higgins yeah, stepped up and yeah and, and burrow apparently said that he was going to feed higgins to or uh, on that day knowing i don't know if he knew that you know the gameplay would be to you know just try to cap chase like that but if Higgins doesn't step up then the offense you know it, it looks a lot different and if the tight ends don't play like they did and it, it definitely looks a lot different so it was the opposite of how the first you know five or six weeks were where it was just chase making those plays and everyone else is just lacking behind him and then you hear Joe Burrow on the NBC uh telecast at the end when he's being interviewed um you know what what's changed what are you able to do now he basically said with a chuckle run I'm able to run and uh you know that's again I, we keep going back to I don't think we really grasped uh just how you know just how hindered he was with this injury and it looks to be behind him thankfully but he was he was you know tiptoeing out of sacks it would be sacks again and throwing on the run throwing darts and um you know again what is it 10 touchdowns two interceptions on this um you know, four game win streak that they've strung together here and a big win in the conference. Um, 
what do you make of the what do you I, I I almost hesitate to ask you but because I know how much you love talking about the run game and 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 Joe Mixon and everything but there I feel like there are some very good plays that have that that occurred um you know they, they're able to diversify as we know running out of shotgun and now doing some more stuff under center um I, man that the tosses that, that last night there was probably about what three of them that I'm like just stop running those plays please stop running those plays they aren't going anywhere and then I, I kind of was a little bit surprised by this I was doing a little bit of research on another little post I put together on Cincy Jungle and the Bengals uh, offense as a team have the least amount of total rushing yards in the league um to this point so you know, I again, you go well. I mean, it obviously they're they're not getting huge, huge yardage on the ground in this win streak. You know, save for a game or two, so you know it's working. But sustainability is is something that you know kind of creeps in your mind a little bit. I don't know what do you, what do you make of just kind of all that verbiage I spewed at you there. It was one of the most interesting parts of this game, I think, considering how different the plan was compared to against San Francisco where they had a good amount of under center calls and under center runs. I think they ran under center maybe like two times. It, it was should have been three, but one of them was a delay game, which again goes back to those pre-snap penalties. And I think one of them was uh, like the touchdown that, that Mixon scored on the second drive of the game. But you're right. Like there was two other under center runs and they were both sweeps and they both, I think combined for like negative seven yards. Ugh. Mostly Ugh. most of the runs were out of shotgun and that was either Travion Williams or Joe Mixon. And I wasn't really sure why, because, again, like the interior of the Bills defensive line has been stricken with injuries. My only explanation was, was Linval Joseph coming off the couch like that much of a detractor to not run up the middle where they just concerned that, you know, they weren't going to get a lot of push against him whenever he was on the field. I suppose trying to attack the perimeter of the Bills defense where, again, you don't have Matt Milano scraping over the top and making those plays. Maybe that was enticing to them. It was just interesting how different it was compared to last week. Um, but just just real quick, I want to go back to, to Burrow real quick because you because you brought him up and what he t- was talking about after the game. NBC was like fifty percent for me in terms of like how they handled this the whole d- discourse because I love the fact that they showed a, an actual clip of him not being able to step off of that foot against the Rams a few weeks back compared to him stepping into throws in this game because like he's always talked about like yeah like I can't move and everything but he's yet to really admit that it has impacted his ability to push off of that foot or at least that was the case when he was injured so I'm glad they showed that difference but I think NBC also dropped the ball by showing that he had like his like his calf um, compression device or whatever to continue to continually heat it up and they brought it up like it was like news like he would like reactivate or something like that, like that instead of just him just doing that as general mains for the entire season. So NBC got it half right, in my opinion. <laughs> I I saw the device there, yeah, and I you know I, I figured that's something that he just kind of continued to do to make sure that there's no setbacks and, and whatnot. But he, as the weeks have gone on, for sure, he has looked more and more like his old self, dancing out of sacks, dancing away from pressure, throwing on the run, and throw, making great, great throws, um, taking very, very good care of the football, too, um, I, you know. No interceptions the last uh, was the last couple of games, right? And he's just I don't know. He's just playing a at a very very high level, and the team needs him to. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience. 
because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Also playing at a high level, though, John, is the defense. And there was a little bit of a time where you're like, oh, man, maybe this is where Buffalo surges a little bit. Um, and then, you know, they they just – Jermaine Pratt, Johnny on the spot, just knocks the ball out of Kincaid's hand. Wasn't even – I mean, he was kind of stumbling, so I guess there's just, you know – He you flipped over Nick careless. Scott. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I don't think – what I'm trying to say is I didn't see that as him being just, like, utterly careless with the ball. It just was, like, right. this weird – sequence of events Pratt just barely gets his hand in there and hit it right at the right at the precise spot that it that he could hit it to knock that thing out the Bengals get it back so um I don't know defensive performance I think Miles Murphy had a couple of nice uh nice moments last last night um so that was encouraging a little quiet elsewhere but I mean Allen was hit he was he was pressured here and there and defense did what they needed to do yeah, if the offense, if this is like a newfound development of them starting fast and then having these these problems in the second, third quarter, like the what the defense has continued to do has lasted or has been going on a lot longer than that development for the offense. It's yeah, like they might give up a touchdown to begin the drive. Luna Rumo might throw out a look or a, you know, or some type of a coverage or what, whatever the case may be early in the game. It'll go off of that and maybe disguise it a little bit better or maybe do something different off of the same look. And that ends up working out as the game kind of progresses. The Bills offense, I think, struggled to I mean, they struggled to score for most of this game up until the very end. Like they had a chance to get it into the end zone. They had to settle for a field goal kind of in the third quarter. And then they finally found the end zone again, you know, when unfortunately for them, it was a little bit too late because the Bengals ran out the clock on the ensuing drive. But it's yeah, it might be a slow start, but like that people are going to look at that Kincaid fumble as luck, but it's just what they do. Like at this point, it's, it's just, it can't be explained other than it's just who they are. 
And it's just you can almost just rely on on something like that, which, again, for 31 other teams seems ludicrous. Like turnovers are mostly luck in the grand scheme of things. But, man, like it's, it's just it's just happened so goddamn constantly. You just have to just expect it at this point. And at the worst case scenario, they, they just hold them to a field goal there because, again, their red zone defense has just been locked down. Jermaine Pratt is arguably the most clutch player in Bengals history. You you can just always expect him to be in the right place at the right time. I do feel a little bit bad for Nick Scott, though, because he did make the play. and He initially got the credit, but the replay did show that Jermaine Pratt knocked the ball out. So good play by Nick Scott. Still want him to get his flowers <laughs> because he's been kind of a whipping dog for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Pratt, I mean, just think about all the, the – the hustle plays that turned into turnovers. I mean, you can go back to last year and the, the play on Kelsey that he chases him down on a big gainer, knocks it out in that regular season game. Obviously, you know, he was in there on the Ravens playoff, uh, you know, playoff game that caused the, the fumble in the jungle, the rumble in the jungle, that sort of thing. And I want to, I want to bring this up. We got a couple of, of comments here, one of which is a YouTube super chat. So thank you very much. Iron Man XRP points out our defense averages about two turnovers a game. And then, uh, Victor Pate, thank you so much. Uh, I, we see you a lot in here. Appreciate your support, man. Appreciate it. Um, offensive strategy is to get a lead with as few plays as possible and hold on. Um, okay, so go, going back to – they kind of tie into each other a little bit here. Going back to that, you know, what the Bengals' defense is averaging turnover-wise and, and that sort of thing, they are one of the top teams in the league in, in interceptions um that i think they've got what 11 now after yesterday so they're they're in the top i think three or four yeah i I was asked about i think we talked about it last week i was asked from the bills uh side of things matthew byam on uh buffalo rumblings and sb nations deal we we exchanged the five questions and you know he's just kind of saying you know why is why is the defense that there was a narrative out there that the Bengals' defense was struggling because they they were letting up a lot of rushing yards and, you know, sometimes a little, you know, some points and obviously the offensive struggles early in the year kind of point, put them in bad positions. They got tired. They were out there too often. We know that we know the deal, but again, I just think even though the cast of characters is largely the same, you don't have, you know, your other starting safeties from the last couple of years, John, I feel like this is a defensive unit that instead of, Hey, you know, we're going to just kind of stifle you and force a punt. It's not a t- it's it's some of that, but it's more we'll bend, but we're gonna we're gonna come back with this big big play to change the game, and that's really kind of who they've become a bit more this year as opposed to the prior two years where it was a little bit more either sack the quarterback or get off the field and get a punt. It's more turnovers. It feels like this year. It's it's a great example of you just need to watch the tape, and like I, I think the numbers definitely paint the Bengals defense in a worse light. Uh, if you if you just looked at the success rate, the APA per play, and those are legitimate issues that I think are are worthy of bringing up. But when you consistently make those game changing plays that prevent points from going on the board, it adds a lot more of a of a of context and nuance to the situation. And I think also, you know, last night was not necessarily the case because uh, they only sacked Allen I think once, but they've been also finishing at the quarterback more often. It's kind of gone away in the past couple of weeks, and they need to make sure that gets picked back up. But just actually finishing. Uh, plays at the ball in terms of just interceptions and recovering fumbles and everything like that like that's been just such a needed development for this defense to continue what it's been doing for the past couple of years because they, they've made continuously you know red zone stops and like you said they're allowing you know drives to particularly down the field and that leads to you know a, a decent success rate allowed but 
preventing points from going on the board and stopping them at the right time and stopping them in parts of the game where it needs to happen. Like that's consistently been counted on. That's why they have the reputation that they have. Yeah. But another, another great performance, another stifling performance on, on Josh Allen, who, um, man, I mean, these last, uh, well, two and a half games, two and a quarter games, I guess, um, you know, it just looks like the Bengals just kind of have their number a little bit. And, um, you know, we'll see if these two teams meet in the playoffs. I, I think the Bills have a lot of talent and, you know, you can make arguments about, you know, who's got maybe the more talented roster, obviously the wins and the way that Bengals have, have won kind of, kind of tips the scales in their favor in terms of talent, like we talked about earlier, but I, I have a, you know, I just worry about the lasting power for the Bills if I'm a Bills fan, because they just have, like, we talked about all the injuries they've had, you know, I mean, they just have injuries to just very, very important players. And, uh, you know, that kind of shit, when you play a quality team, that tends to show up a little bit more. And it, it kind of appeared that way last night in, in some respects. Yeah. It's a, like a problem that, they, that they've had is that they, they've needed other guys aside from Stefan Diggs to step up. And I think Diggs played well in the few chances that he had. There was a couple of, of I mean, I think Chidbe Wuzier played his best game of, of the season so yeah. far. And he had some good moments against Diggs. But other than Diggs, like it was just, there's, there's just not a lot there. I think Kincaid's a great addition, but, I think they're missing Dawson Knox a little bit. They still need, you know, more consistency out of the wide receiver position aside from him. Like you said, man, like the injuries are just not ideal for them. And I think Milano's absence is really amplifying what his true value is. And the fact that they just need more answers at cornerback and they're just not really going to walk through that door. Razul Douglas is just unfortunately not enough when you're facing one of the best offenses in the league. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk this, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this element here. We spoke about how the Bengals tight ends had a nice evening um, collectively, as you as you kind of said, you know, uh, 10 catches over 100 yards, two touchdowns from the group, a little bit of everything from three different guys. I guess I'm curious if you think that this was kind of a uh, a single game event or if this is something where you're going to start seeing them, particularly now, Jamar Chase. Um, he landed awkwardly and hard last night on his back. And now he has kind of, he and, and Zach Taylor said today that he's day to day, but, um, you know, Chase seemed a little bit more like, <laughs> uh, in pain or, you know, just a little bit disappointed, I guess. Collinsworth said when he saw, <laughs> when he saw yeah. that play happen, he's oh man, he's going to feel that rolling, rolling out of bed tomorrow. Um, so, I mean, I guess, is this, do you see this maybe, I mean, maybe not this type of performance performance week to week, but do you see them now kind of finding a groove with this group and getting them implemented more in the, in the coming weeks? That's a good question because I feel like just looking ahead at the defenses that, the, that they're about to face, you know, I, think, I mean, the Ravens have arguably the best defense in the NFL. Uh, Texans, you know, eh, I don't know about them, but... Uh, I, I wouldn't expect, obviously, Smith and Sample to score both in the same game again, necessarily. But no, the game that Irv Smith had last night, it, it's replicable. And the fact that he was just so far below expectation, I think, has almost skewed the perception of it. It's, it certainly happened for me just because that was just the product that he was putting out 
onto the field. But I think it was like three receptions for 25 yards and, you know, four targets. So like that, that's, that's definitely doable. Just take advantage of those chances when you have them. And, you know, they put them in decent spots to succeed. Tanner Hudson is who Tanner Hudson is at this point. You know, he's just a reliable receiver who finds the soft spots of the zones. He's able to get yards after the catch. Having both of those guys work off of each other and just maybe rotate in and out of the game, especially because you have Hudson who lines that more out wide compared to Irv Smith, who's still more like closer to the formation or almost like an inline guy. I think both of those guys complementing each other works pretty well. I don't even know if I want to call Drew Sample tight end anymore. He's essentially just Samaj P. Ryan out there right now. And if that works for him, then perfect, because they just haven't really replaced P. Ryan up until this point. I don't know if they should throw him so much out of the backfield. I feel like there was just one too many times where that happened. But if he has just acres of space to get a touchdown again, you know, might as well just see what he see what he can do. Yeah, he's kind of a hybrid player, a little bit of an H back tight end and you know, uh, does does a number of different things. Pass protects. Um, you saw them move around a lot of the uh, those players. Sample and I think Trayvon Williams a couple times too. You know, they would adjust pre snap to have them get in there for pass protection. So um, yeah, I mean, they're they're just. I, I guess what I like the most out of, out of this game, aside from just the general, you know, a, a win in the conference, and that was a team you're jockeying with playoff position wise. But you, you know. Bill Belichick is a guy who thrives on. I'm going to take away your bet. What you do best. What what your best player. Your, your that's how he's built his entire you know coaching reputation as a defensive mind. I'm going to take that away from you. Now what are you going to do? Well, the Bengals. You know, I mean, like I said, they were Chase was not really a factor in this game, and they were able to find different ways and find answers and still remain effective, still remain potent on offense, and not really miss too much of a beat. Um, obviously you want to see everybody thriving and, and doing well in the game, but I, I just like, I like their pivot. I like their pivot onto other players and, and their ability to adjust and, and still find a way to get a, a really solid win. Yeah. And people are going to talk about it because we've seen it so, so often. We've even talked about it as well. Like the points left on the board. I still yep. think that if this continues to happen like this, where they just had games that kind of go like this, it's, it's almost just becomes who they are. I think they do get some leeway, though, just because, I mean, they had third and inches, and then they had a delay game, and then it just ended up being, like, what, fourth and 20 or something like that, then they have to punt. Like, those situations. Oh, that was a maddening, that was a maddening sequence of events. Like, you're not expecting that, especially at home when that's supposed to be into your advantage. So that that's also just a weird phenomenon that's that's happening that, that definitely needs to get cleaned up before, you know, the playoffs come here, so... Those issues, I think, can be fixed, and then they can lead to a, a higher scoring output and everything like that. But yeah, if they had scored thirty points while Jamar Chase dropped a touchdown, uh, couldn't connect with Burrow on a deep ball, and only had like forty yards in, in the game, like that's just that's scary for the rest of the NFL for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, things are looking up for the for the Bengals. They have a sneaky game this week coming up, John. I I, I don't want to say because this team has shown unlike other you know, good Bengals teams in the past where they, you know, they tend to, you know, they could have overlooked a team or something like that. I, I just, I never liked this stretch of games right here where it was the Niners, it was the Bills on prime time. And then a week and a half from now, you got the big Thursday night clash against the Ravens, who you're going to be trying to jockey to get back in control of the AFC North. And oh, by the way, here come the Houston Texans to town with CJ Stroud, who just set a single game rookie record for passing yards. So, Texans all around, you look at their team, it's not, I, I, they're overachieving. 
uh, at four and four, in my opinion. But I don't like this game being plopped right in the middle of those three other games yeah. that I mentioned. Um, and especially with Stroud looking like the real deal, I, I just don't like it. Um, so hopefully the Bengals can kind of keep things in front of them and continue to play well. It's we can talk about this more on Thursday. It's going to be a tough game. It's definitely like I think we've all kind of circled this as like the the, the quintessential trap game. But the Texans were always that team to me that's like they can definitely compete for 500 this year if, if Stroud ends up doing decent. And he's been way more than decent, right? This is yeah. this is a huge, huge opportunity for this Bengals defense, which, again, like you said, has this narrative. Of, okay, like they're giving up a ton of yards. They're putting themselves in precarious situations, but they're finding themselves – they're digging themselves out of that hole with plays at the right time. Stroud may not give them the, that chance because he is playing lights out. Yeah, he is playing very, very well right now. And this goes to uh... – uh, Victor's back to the super chat real quick saying offensive strategies get a lead with as few plays as possible and then hold on. Yeah. I mean, they were, they're going to want to get this early lead in this one and then, you know, uh, force things to kind of maybe become a little bit more one dimensional, which uh, does not go well with what they want with the, with the Texans want to do. We're going to start getting out of here though. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a shortened one. We've got more episodes and we'll try and get you maybe a Friday episode as well um if if we're will if we are able but uh i want to remind folks if you are new here welcome we've got a lot of viewers on a lot of different platforms where we stream live so good to see you on the city jungle facebook page the youtube channel uh on twitter as well i think they now do john when you stream to, to live to twitter it, it creates a spaces which is i found that yeah. kind of interesting so we we're on the cincy jungle twitter account their spaces so check that out um also if you're new here thank you for for checking us out if you've been with us for a long time appreciate that as well if you have not subscribed to our youtube channel uh do so at the show icon underneath john by the cincy jungle icon uh you can click the bell to be notified when we go live when new content is available of course give a, a thumbs up to the videos we appreciate all of that and if you like the audio side of things you can get the cincy jungle podcast channel complete with our shows on the orange and black insider talking football with bengal jim and friends the, uh, the coach, Matt Minix, Coach Speak and Chalk Talk, and then, of course, Three and Out with Jason and Kevin, all of those on your favorite audio streamer, whether that's uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, now Amazon Music. I think we're on there. So go check that out and uh, give us a give us a subscribe and a review there as well. But Bengals get a big, big win at home. Uh, I think it's a it's a statement to the rest of the league, John. And, uh, you know, it, it was a it was uh, that place looked awesome too. Uh, how they decked it out. And, you know, it was it was rocking. It did look like stripes. I am very impressed. <laughs> I'm surprised that. Yeah, I, I they, they pulled it off. Well, they pulled it off well. But thank you, everybody. Thank you, John. And uh, we'll be back later this week to preview the Texans game. Talk about all kinds of different stuff with that. And we will see you soon. Take care, bud. See you guys.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.